and welcome to Hospice Insights, The Law and Beyond, where we connect you to what matters in the ever-changing world of hospice and palliative care. Grace from CMS, unexpected good news on HIS and CAPS appeals. Jake Harris, here you are again, third year in the row with good news to deliver, which was really exciting. I ran out of my office to your office because we were in the office that same day together gave you a big hug and was like jumping up the down and like my heart was beating fast and anyway it was a very exciting day i can confirm it was <laughs> an scene uh here in our new office in, in madison uh when we learned that we saved our clients uh combined several million dollars uh, in the fiscal year 2024 APU. Um, this was the first year that CMS increased the penalty from 2% of the APU to 4% of the APU. So it would have been a tremendous, tremendous hit for the providers who were deemed non-compliant. But thankfully, um, we were able to win many uh, of our reconsideration requests and, and negate that penalty at the first stage of the appeal process this year. Yeah, so um, we've sort of built a machine around this because we, we have done them for now the last three years um, and have had tremendous success and hence the title Grace from CMS. I mean, I have really appreciated that CMS has been willing to to really look at the circumstances and sort of see holistically the impact this is having and, you know, what people's efforts were, um, because I don't know that you you necessarily always feel that people understand the impact that this is going to have. Cause I think in all of the cases we had, we had clients with a variety of different circumstances, but all made great efforts to comply. Um, and for a variety of circumstances did not. So I, I guess, tell, tell me a little bit about the stories that sort of weave all these different cases together. Like, in the past, COVID was really the thing, but you know, in this year, there there was more, I think, variety than that. There's no doubt about that. This was by far the greatest variety of circumstances uh, that our that our providers faced in the three years that I've been preparing and submitting these. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, these reconsideration requests looked very similar because everyone was being beset. Uh, by challenges related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And while there were certainly COVID-19 related challenges that faced providers in calendar year 2022 as well, uh, there were other things. Uh, we had clients who were deemed non-compliant with the HIS reporting requirements. We also had clients who were deemed non-compliant with the CAPS uh, survey requirements. Uh, we had clients who were brand new providers in 2022 and thanks to delays, uh, frankly, in large part on CMS's end, we're not able to begin successfully submitting data right away. Uh, we also had, you know, longtime uh, providers who just ran into issues during this particular this particular year. 
Uh, we had staffing challenges for different providers, uh, particularly in, a, in an inflationary environment and in an environment where it's difficult to find uh, well-qualified, well-trained employees to handle these responsibilities. Um, and as I mentioned, we, we, we did still face some, some COVID-related challenges as well. Um, so what we were able to do this year was really try and dig deep into the unique facts of each particular provider's circumstances, try and build a narrative, try and stack, you know, two, three or four different things going on and, you know, portray their situations as accurately as we possibly could. Um, and thankfully, the, the result of that was uh, some grace, some mercy from CMS. Yeah, it was um exciting day to get the mail. Um, so, because it took, you know, into October to get um, some of these results. So it, it was a lot of hand wringing, I think, till then. So that was another kind of interesting wrinkle this year is, you know, typically the, these results are received within about 30 days. Uh, so the reconsideration request deadline is sometime in mid-August, and then we'll usually receive the decisions by mid-September. Uh, that didn't happen this year, and then CMS sent out a bulletin about a number of different things related to the hospice quality reporting program. And one of the things they mentioned was they was that the decisions should be coming by October 1st. And then that didn't happen. We kept waiting a few weeks longer, following up periodically uh, with our contacts over at CMS. Um, but so I think that's sort of another takeaway is sometimes no news is good news uh, and good things come to those who wait. And uh, that was certainly the case this year. Yeah, so I, I can't uh, say I'm always the optimistic one. But when I was talking to Brian on our team, I was like, oh, I have a good feeling about this because it's like if someone's going to say no, you sort of say no fast, not no slow. So I kept my optimism um, for a while. Of course, as a lawyer, any good lawyer, like, I'm sure it will never happen, but I wasn't giving up all hope. So um, maybe that's as optimistic as lawyers get. But um, so I, I guess one one interesting thing that, well, maybe even before we go there, I think, you know, a takeaway for, for everyone listening is, if you do get non-compliance, you should file reconsideration, and it's a fairly low-cost affair. And we've been doing so much of this over, you know, the last number of years that I think we have, you know, really good infrastructure around how to do this efficiently. What one hundred percent? That that's the biggest takeaway takeaway for me when I look at the last three years is that the the success rate on at the reconsideration phase. Uh, when CMS is actually taking a look at these on an individual level before they go to those next levels of appeal, uh, the success rate is pretty high. Uh, and, and, and candidly, I'll tell you that the success rate, even on sets of facts where when they come in the door, we look at them as attorneys and we say, oh, gosh, you know, this this doesn't really seem like a great excuse or it doesn't really seem like what we think CMS might be looking for. And we submit a reconsideration request anyway, and, and we get a good result a lot of the time. Um, so there, there, there is no set of circumstances where I would say it's not worth it to at least submit a reconsideration request. And as Meg mentioned, um, we, we, we have become quite efficient at 
putting these together, uh, preparing the submissions, uh, getting them filed uh, early, and um, it, it really is a is a kind of a no brainer cost, particularly now that it's four percent. Yeah, yeah. For the vast majority of our clients, and the amount that it costs us to gather facts, review records, prepare and submit a reconsideration request. It's, it's just enormous. So um, we, we would recommend that anytime you get a non-compliance determination. Well, and maybe the last takeaway here is if you think you might be non-compliant for whatever reason, don't wait to get that letter because we have worked with clients who, um, and you'll give me the right, is it an extension or exception? Yeah, there, there are actually two different paths. You could you could seek an extension, which means we will submit the data or we have we have submitted the data, but it's late. It's outside of that 30 days from the event. And then there's an exemption, which means something is going on such that we can't get you the data, uh, even if you know, giving us a little bit more time is not is not really going to help. Um, and, and a lot of times that will be a natural disaster, such as a hurricane or an earthquake or something that happens you know, to the hospice's facility. But either way, whether you just need a little bit more time uh, or whether you need uh, some grace to be shown for a particular period, uh, seeking an extension or exemption request is always going to be viewed more favorably by CMS than waiting until you're deemed non-compliant and then seeking reconsideration. Yeah. So I think that's something that maybe folks didn't know was an opportunity. And so I guess don't sit on your hands or wringing your hands being like, oh, you know, I might not comply, you know, when in doubt, seek, <laughs> seek relief early uh, because we have had you know, good results there and um, again some grace from from CMS in those circumstances too. So, gosh, I hope we can do. Not that I I want anyone to be non-compliant next year, but I hope we can do a four-year in a row um, podcast on this because it is um, it's nice to know that that CMS does really listen and take to heart, you know, what providers have to say, um, and so. This was this was a wonderful result because I think, you know, in today's current, you called it inflationary environment and staffing challenges, just all costs going up. I mean, essentially, a 4% rate reduction is essentially completely eliminating the rate increase that we got. So to stay flat, you know, it, it just it's not a good situation. So um, I think that this this is meaningful work that we did, Jake. So so thank you for your efforts and leading the charge. And it was just really remarkable <laughs> what we were able to achieve. If I am going to pat myself on the back here and you, I've already hugged you. So, but um, so that's great. And, and our hope is that we get as few of these each year as possible, but that we win the ones that we do get. Yep, exactly. So, well, thanks for making the time to talk about this good news, right? We need more time to talk about good news. So thanks for making the time and great job. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for today's episode of Hospice Insights, The Law and Beyond. Thank you for joining the conversation. To subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at hushblackwell.com or sign up wherever you get your podcasts. 
Until next time, may the wind be at your back. 